Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download at audibletrial.com forward slash watch out for fireballs. Over 100,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. My name is Gary Butterfield. My name is Cole Ross. And you're listening to Watch Out for Fireballs Extra Sodes. Um, and this week we are talking about your responses about Castlevania 3. Yes. So let's jump right into it um, with kind of a recommendation. If you want to respond to any of the games that we uh, have talked about, uh, go to duckfeet.tv slash contact or the Watch Out for Fireballs page. There's a little widget there, blah, blah, blah. We really want to hear from you about these, as you're going to mm-hmm. hear. This is this is uh, one of the best parts to doing the podcast. So I'll start out mm-hmm. with Fred, who responded via the contact form, saying, Castlevania 3 was one of the more pivotal games on the, on the NES for me. I remember playing it shortly before picking up a Sega Genesis, and it was a great sense off for the 8-bit generation. Graphically, the game looked great. A non-linear gameplay and optional characters made it feel like a more intricate story than the other games. Uh, and who can forget that amazing music? I'm not much of a game music fan per se, but that soundtrack is still something I love listening to today. Also, if you haven't had a chance to play or hear it, the Japanese version uh, named Akumajo Denetsu Densetsu, rather, uh, <laughs> of the game had a couple of differences. Grant, the pirate, throws his dagger instead of stabbing with it, uh, and, a, and was able to utilize an extra sound channel, uh, that was made, uh, that made it sound even better than the U.S. counterpart. Because the Famicom and NES are somewhat similar but have different hardware, even if you are able to play the Japanese version on, on an NES, it will lack the extra sounds due to insufficient hardware. I also remember this title because of the special MMC5 chip that Konami had to use in America and the VRC6 chip in Japan. When emulation and uh, later the clone consoles were all the rage, Castlevania 3 was one of the only games that didn't work and thus forced me to keep it and my NES. In fact, it may be the sole reason I still have both today. Um, eventually, emulation caught up and the game can now be played, which is a good thing because that final three-stage bout with Dracula was something I just could not conquer back when I was eight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, because it's hard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So it's it's hard to talk about Castlevania 3 without like talking about the whole extra, uh, you know, the, the chip as game system kind of thing. Like, mm-hmm. you know, these games were really, really expensive to buy back then, you know? Yeah. Like, I think we brushed on it a little bit in uh, super mario rpg because like that was the biggest or that was the biggest snes cart that you had to get but like this like they like these physical objects had extra chips and processors inside of them to make these things possible right yeah which will never happen again nope <laughs> like that, that that is that is a dead idea yeah like that that will never happen again with that, with the video games yeah. Um, like the, you know, most, the, the most recent version of that is like, you know, do you install this to your hard drive or not? Right. You know? Which is not, you know, not the same thing. Right. Or, or you just have to have, you know, since so many things are, you know, PC one way or another. Yeah. It's just whether you have a PC capable of doing it, whether yeah. it's a living room PC or a regular PC. Yeah. You know, whether it's in an Xbox shaped thing or not. Um, so, and, and like, you know, we're, we're going to see physical media die. Any moment now, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> like, that, you know, the death clock on that is ticking. Um, you know, and that's, that's one of those things, too, where, like, this is one of the few advantages to that. But when you think about it, it's only kind of an advantage. Like, it's, it was more expensive. It's kind of neat. Mm-hmm. And I have a romantic attachment to it. Yeah. But at the time, like, you know, this game was just, like, so much more expensive. 
Mm-hmm. And I don't know if I'd feel like paying that now. Right. Like if somebody said, you know, here is this game. It comes with this thing to have better music, but it's an extra 20 or $30. You know, would I be okay with that? Probably not. Right. You know, I'd probably complain about it. And I think that a lot of people probably would. So I think it's one of those things where you just kind of, uh, you know, a rose-colored glasses kind of thing. It made yeah. things more different, which I like. Like I like how things had kind of the more their own identity because of the special hardware yeah. um, stuff. But I yeah. don't necessarily mourn that the passing of that. True. Yeah, it's 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 a wonderful oddity to, to, to yeah. remark upon. I mean – yep. Definitely an oddity. And in some instances, like with, uh, you know, the F-Zero or with Star Fox, it, gener- it generally made for, you know, genuinely made for different experiences than oh, you could sure. have gotten otherwise. Yeah. Sure. In most cases, it did. Yeah. But at the same time, like, if you were to transpose that idea onto now, oh, yeah. you know, where we don't have that, like, you could play, you know, the equivalent of Star Fox. God. And the equivalent <laughs> of, like, <laughs> go play Star Fox. Man, we should do Star Fox sometime. Yeah. I, I love I, Star Fox a lot. So... I was worried about angering Earthbound fans. I am triply worried about angering Star Fox fans. Really? I think they're 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 they're, they're going to come at us and yiff us to death, Gary. I they're going <laughs> to yiff us to pieces. I, I you know, <laughs> far be it for me to want to be yiffed to pieces. <laughs> the uh, but would they? Because I I re- I played Star Fox recently. I really like it. Oh, it's great. So would it be? Yeah, would it be like? Why would they if us to that? Is because we don't want to fuck. That's no, like, because it's because we, it's it's because we don't say that Crystal is the is is the perfect waifu. Oh yeah, I fuck that game. Like, <laughs> yeah, if if me all you want, I'm, I'll die with that opinion. That fucking that game is terrible. <laughs> I know. Um, yeah, that that's goddamn awful. But the uh, and even like I'm I'm a real Star Fox one. Like Star Fox sixty four is really good. Yeah, but Star Fox one is the best that series. Ever yeah. will be. Yeah, like, no, that was a uh, that was one of those like you know childhood memory games for me. Like my dad buying us the SNES and getting a Star Fox with it and playing it in my cousin's basement. You know? We do we do Star Fox with a, a we so <laughs> I, I'm announcing it for us. We'll do Star Fox at some point. We should do it as part of a twofer. Oh yeah, because we would have a hard time stretching that out. Right. Like there's there's you know a real limited verb set and there's no real story to care about. <laughs> If it, um, if it was if it was easy to get a hold of or emulate, we would do Star Fox and then Panzer Dragoon. Yeah, yeah, that would be a pretty cool twofer. But if we can find another thematic, like a shooting kind of base thing, um, we should do Star Fox because that game is great. You know the contact channels, people. Yeah, if you can think of something that would pair well with that, mm-hmm. send it send it our way. Like I want to do uh, another, do more of those. Yeah, because uh, they're fun to do. We already have our next one planned out, don't we? We we talked about it, but I don't know if we have the actual. We don't have a date and everything. Okay. Together. Um, yeah. So Sam, uh, so thank you, Fred. Yes. Uh, Sam by contact says, after philosophizing on the Facebook page about how save states might change old games and spamming them constantly to beat EVO last year, I set out to try to beat Castlevania three without save states of any kind, even using the password system. Jeez. Um, it felt rather nice. Actually, all that repetition gave a deeper understanding of the enemies and the mechanics that I think made the larger stages a bit easier, and at least early on, it was rare to have to play a stage too many times. The big difference came from fewer breaks in the immersion, though. As an exaggerated example, imagine cheesing Guitar guitar Hero with save states. Sure, you'd get through uh, medium mode quicker or move on to expert, but you'd have to reload more when you got there and interrupt the song with each mistake. Even Super Meat Boy takes a beat to organically transition back to the start when you die. Oh, and of course, I didn't actually beat it like that. <laughs> I gave up by the time I fought death. 
fuck scythes, fuck scythes for life. <laughs> yeah. I can't, I can't believe he even, you know, ventured to try that. So yeah. kudos you know I mean, on you. It depends on what you're trying to do. Like I could sit down and play it for like a lark, but for the, for the show where it's like, I need to beat it oh, or yeah. I really yeah. want to beat it. Like I'm going to do what I need to do to make sure I beat it. Yeah. Um, just, and that just because we make worse episodes or one of us doesn't beat yeah. the show. So like, that's part of it. You know, my, but yeah. if I was just like playing it for fun, yeah. um, if I actually do this, like Castlevania series playthrough that I keep thinking about, mm-hmm. um, if that were to happen, then I would, you know, I could see my giving myself that kind of challenge. Right. Um, yeah. yeah. So, so like, I can't imagine, so, so I can't imagine playing it without save states. Um, I did what I usually do with these emulatable games that are purchasable on a, a platform, usually the virtual console. I bought it on virtual console so I can, you know, <laughs> comfortably emulate it without yeah. having a, you know, a crisis of conscience. Um, yeah. I, I had it from a while back. So I played it on mm-hmm. computer this time, but I bought it on yeah. virtual console when it came out. Yeah. So, so you, so yeah, but I couldn't imagine sitting down, you know, in my, in my living room and doing it and still beating it, obviously. Yeah. Um, I would play it. I can't, I wouldn't just, you know, resort to a high pitched whale. You press stars like, ah! <laughs> Part of me, I, every once in a while, I have these kind of like reverse fantasies of like being deprived of entertainment options just to kind of force me to do stuff like that. Like I wonder what would happen if I was locked in a room for like two weeks with just my NES and my old NES collection, you know, like that would be a really fun little experiment for me to have to go back and, you know, just being stuck with the things I used to have and playing them the way that I used to play them. Right. With, (laughs) with Capri Suns and Lunchables. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Like, uh, uh, you know, (laughs) <laughs> my parents didn't buy me Lunchables and Capri Suns, Cole. <laughs> with, with, oh. with, with lukewarm tap water and generic Cheerios if I was lucky. Uh, and that's for all three meals. Um, I'm sorry. It's okay. That That is actually true. But the, Jesus uh, Christ. Well, not, not all the time. That was when I was at my, my dad's right. during the summer. Yeah. Um, so, so just three months out of the year was that true. <laughs> just a quarter of my childhood. Just a quarter, um, just a quarter of the most wonderful and imaginative years of my life. Yeah. Well, that is why why I sat down and played the shit out of Castlevania Two. Hey, why not? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, 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 Castlevania Two was less bleak than, than my living at the time. <laughs> <laughs> just just um, sitting there waiting for a tornado to take you away. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> away to the sweet release of death. Jesus. Um. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I'm sorry, Continu- Oklahoma. No, Continuing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so Douglas Hawkeye Go uh, via Facebook says, "Love it." I'm sorry. Um. <laughs> Hello. Yeah. No, we, we asked what people thought of Castlevania and Douglas said he loves it. Uh, to, to, to a, to a more, uh, fleshed out with, you know, to, 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 you know, a longer response. Hmm. I was about to say substantial, but love it. You know, isn't the universe love? Sure. God is love. Yeah. <sighs> Murph via Facebook says Murph Murphy Castlevania three feels like a game that is just a little before it's time. There are some really innovative mechanics here with the branching paths and the hot switching of multiple characters. It just feels like if it was in uh, the SNES generation or beyond the game could have lived to the potential it has. The controls are maddening considering how good the game could have been. You know what I just thought of, and this reminded, I thought of it, I was going to bring it up during the episode and this, and this was the comment where I read this on Facebook. It reminded me of it. So when I was saying how this is a slow action game, similar mm-hmm. to like Resident Evil 4, the uh, the argument about the controls being bad in this is similar to the early Resident Evils. 
oh, yeah. where they say that like it adds to the tension by having that kind of lack of control. Yeah. Um, whereas like I buy that more for for this than I do for that. Like right. I like the old Resident Evils a lot, but you know as soon as I could quick turn around, it didn't feel like I was cheating myself out of anything. <laughs> it felt great. Yeah. Um, that happened know, relatively early on too. I mean, is in number with, three. Yeah, Nemesis. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's relatively early on or it's 75% through the tank control ones. <laughs> you know, so it's, it's kind of relatively early on. Right. Um, but for this, like it doesn't, the controls, like I said, when I was younger, I felt like they were kind of clunky and now it just feels more considered mm-hmm. and I'm kind of more into it. Yeah. But yeah, that's another yeah. kind of parallel between the series. I think that I agree with Murph that like this, that this is kind of reaching beyond the hardware just a little bit. Mm. But yeah, I, I ran into a lot of like, flicker and slow down yeah and that's that dragon king boss that i and, mentioned and like, and that could have been awesome. emulation like it's hard to tell like what springs from what like i was willing to give a little you know i'm always willing to give just a little bit of benefit of the doubt because mm-hmm. bad emulation can cause that yeah but, but my, i didn't have to I fight the dragon king so happening all the time when i was younger too yeah. though like i remember that happening in like most games and that could just be biased memories mm. but yeah, it's definitely a little bit beyond it, ahead of its time in all respects. I would say, yeah, both positive and negative. Um, continuing, uh, Vivian says via Facebook, "It's hard as shit, and I don't know if you're going to cover this on the episode, but they actually made the American version more difficult by tweaking enemy damage. In the Japanese version, enemies dealt fixed damage based on their type, while in the U.S. version, everything does progressively more damage the further you get. Hmm. The intention may have been to smooth the difficulty curve, but they just contributed to fucking it up." and making the latter half of the game more impossible. Unless I'm mistaken, uh, mistaken, they also nerfed Grant in the U.S. version, and in the Japanese version, he could use either his axe or, dagger sub-wep- axe or dagger sub-weapons for free, or through daggers for his standard attack. It's uh, the latter? Yes. Um, yeah, so we, we forgot to mention the enemy difficulty thing. Yeah. But it's just one of the many reasons, and it is interesting to point out that it's a rare example of the Japanese version being easier. Mm-hmm. Like that, It usually happens the other way around. Right. So... Yeah, yeah, weird. Uh, and I, a part of that could have been that relation. I wonder if there was a significant difference in their reactions to Castlevania Two, because Castlevania Two is a really easy game, right? And I wonder if you know the U.S. is a little bit more vocal about that specific criticism, and this was a reaction to that. You know, because it's rare that someone's like, you know, U.S. gamers are tough. Mm-hmm. They need they need a tougher game. It's almost always the opposite, right? So I wonder if it was more directly related to the series this is apropos of nothing but the only game the only other game that i can think of was even more recent than that which was the the japanese version of don or of, of uh, devil may cry 3 is actually tougher is actually easier than the uh, english version mm. yeah yeah but yeah. uh yeah. yeah i think i mean we're, we're i feel like we're beyond that as a thing like we should oh, yeah, stop yeah. doing that like there's <laughs> it's isn't it's almost racist like it's, it's, it feels like it kind of scratches that or like hits that that itch where it's like you know, the, the, you, like making these, uh, you know, aspersions about like a, the, a gamer being fundamentally different. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh, they can't handle this kind of thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, I totally wish we would have got the correct Final Fantasy IV. Yeah, me Fleeta. too. You know? Yeah. I could have handled that. Or uh, I'm, I'm kind of glad that we didn't get Lost Levels. Um, I would have been okay with Lost Levels. I just would have wanted it not at the time it came out. <laughs> yeah. I would have wanted it when I played it. Not right, right, of, yeah. Instead of Mario 2. I'm happy we got the Mario 2 we got. I fucking love Mario oh, right, 2, totally. the Mario oh, 2 yeah. we got. <laughs> like, that, like that, that was, that was, that was the most pleasant, uh, you know, uh, result of that aberration. Yeah. You know? It is, it, that is a series aberration too, because that, is that like the only really difficult Mario game? Oh, Lost Levels? 
Yeah. Maybe? I think it is. I think some because parts, they, like, some parts of, like, Mario 3 are pretty hard. Kinda. But not, like, not like that kind of... Oh, not, not, not like, not, 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 that, not ar- arbitrary game. bullshit hard. No. And the, uh, and the game, you know, the new, the modern ones are really easy, and they're designed to just go down as easy as possible. Right. Like, the, the new ones are just, like, lubricated Gatorade. Yeah, no. <laughs> they, 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 they toss uh, one-ups at you, like, whore pamphlets in Las Vegas. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're, they're supposed to be so easy. And then you just yeah. have, like, a, you know, you're having a hard time button. Like, yeah. Let me do this <laughs> yeah. for you. Like, the, you know, that series moves so far away from that. Like, what a weird, in retrospect, like, the United States, the U.S. version of Mario 2 is not the aberration. Like, the Japanese one is. Yeah, true. Because it is, you know, by far, like, the only time they embrace that as, like, a philosophy. Mm-hmm. You know, and I can't think of any other games that are like that difficult. No, um, the Mario Land is kind of hard at points, but that cause that's yeah. part of like that's so blurry and and kind of hard to play. Yeah, it just it's it's hard because it works so differently. Yeah, yeah, but it's not. Yeah, yeah, huh? huh. Yeah. Wow. So, uh, moving on to kind of like general follow up responses, just talking about things that we mentioned. This isn't specific to Castlevania three. Um, I just wanted to get this in here. Uh, Samuel via the contact form says, Hey, I just have a quick comment on the game facts bounties. Uh, we mentioned this before, just talking about how on game facts, you can put up and say, I want a guide for X and I will give you a $5 Applebee's gift card. If you do it, I think we've only <laughs> talked about that in abject suffering. Oh, but, no, we talked, we definitely talked about it here. Have we? Okay. Yeah, yeah we've definitely talked about it here. Um, but, uh, but he says, uh, you know, because you guys bring them up occasionally, uh, the single FAQ for Fallout Brotherhood of Steel was written by a bounty, was written for a bounty rather, by Dave from the Fast Karate for Gentlemen podcast, and it's hilarious. The whole fact is based around getting through the game as quickly and painlessly as possible while complaining about how shitty it is. When I first read this, uh, when I was looking at the notes, mm-hmm. I read it as Fallout Tactics. Oh. For some reason, and I was going to do a real like cross-armed emoticon, like follow <laughs> yeah. tactics is not shitty. Yeah, like it's not a shitty game. Yeah, um, but Brotherhood of Steel is awful. Yeah, like um, and and I like the uh, the Baldur's Gate games for PS2. Yeah, yeah. I keep thinking about like I think I still have a copy of Brotherhood of Steel, and every once in a while I think like I need to play that and remember why it's awful, other than just the fact that like it shits on the mythology and and the writing is bad. But like, why does it play terribly? Because I've never beat it. I'm like a huge Fallout completist. Like, it's weird that there's a, something with Fallout on it that I haven't beat. Um, but it's awful. And the idea of kind of like subversively doing a fact and just kind of like trashing the game mm-hmm. is pretty fun. Yeah. Like, that would be kind of a fun way to like hunt through those bounties and just find the shittiest old game. <laughs> you know? And, yeah. and then write the fact for it and do it as kind of a humor object. It's, I can see that being really great. It's like the text, the, the, the textual and, uh, uh, I, I hate to say high effort because I know that he puts a lot of effort into his videos, uh, but it's the textual and high effort version of uh, Angry Video Games Nerd. Yeah, yeah, it's also high effort. Yes, it's like Angry Video ad- Games. Additionally, high effort. He puts yes. a lot, like he does a lot of work on. Oh, those sure. Shows. Yeah, he's. I mean, he he puts together a very polished product. Yeah. Um. The. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Um. Yeah, that's interesting. I, I'm not. Are you familiar with Fast Karate for a Gentleman? Uh, I've heard the name before, just you know, from being a pod person, but uh. I have not, um, but I would look at that fact because I am interested in all things Fallout. Hey, um, yeah. yeah, and that's everything. So, yeah, thanks, Samuel, and thanks everybody else. And if you have any comments about anything, um, you know, Game Fact Bounties, Final Fantasy VII, any anything that just happens to be on your mind, <laughs> uh, 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 specifically Indigo Prophecy, because uh, there's oh, still yeah, time yeah. for that. Oh yeah, yeah, and there, well, there's still time for all of it. Yeah. Um, 
get a hold of us through uh, duckfeed.tv forward slash contact or the Facebook group or the voicemail. Which is uh, 419-834-WFF. Yep. And uh, that would be awesome. Yeah. Get back in touch with us. And now here are some uh, deleted scenes and unrelated to Castlevania stuff. Whip fast. <laughs> True. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that, that, that's one of those things where like – uh, man, this is this is such a this is such a tangent. So I'll put a marker here. But like so many of the TV shows that I've been watching, just as I've been falling asleep recently, have been like more life affirming and positive than I've 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 seen recently. So like, like so like I'm I'm a you know just like but before I'd watch you know it's always sunny or the league or something. But like I, I did a one two punch of Parks and Rec and Community, mm. and both of those are excellent shows, um, mm-hmm. and both of them are really positive. Yeah. 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 You know what you should watch? I mean, it's a little bit heartbreaking, but also in a way that I think is really positive. Uh, if you haven't done a, a watch through recently, do a run through of Pete and Pete. Oh, God, I love Pete and Pete. I went yeah. to uh, – they did a reunion um, last weekend. I went to Pete Fest. Mm, yeah, I saw your tweets about that. Yeah, um, which was really cool and also just reminded me like, oh, this is one of the greatest TV shows of all kind. Like, this, yeah. is a great, this is a wonderful human accomplishment that this thing existed. <laughs> yeah. No, no. Like, like that, like that, uh, was like the Nickelodeon show that like I, I liked most of all. And like going back to it on repeat views, it's kind of like, oh, that's why I like surreal shit is because I was yeah. exposed to Pete and Pete at such a young yeah. age. It, it's why, and it's also why, like, I have good taste in music, or like one of the, you know, it's yeah, like Polaris, man, like, uh, like that, that one song. <laughs> you know? Well, not just, I mean, that song is great. And, and the guy who wrote that, that music, Miracle Legion, like Mark uh, Milani, Macaulay, um, that guy's really good. And then they always had tons of like, the magnetic fields and like, you know, other weird, cool indie stuff in the soundtrack. Um, and like, you know, uh, indie personality kind of people as, yeah. you know, guest stars like Michael Stipe. Yeah, yeah. Uh, logical um yeah like, and that, that show the show is sad but also like like a good heartbreak yeah i mean it, it's it, it's it's like a less saccharine version of uh john hughes almost like here's like mi- mi- like misfits who just are completely unrealistic however they're still relatable right yeah yeah it's kind of i think it has the same kind of emotional core as freaks and geeks yeah but it's so you know and not you know whereas freaks and geeks is so real that it like hurts mm-hmm and this has like the core is what hurts. Yeah. It's not the trappings of reality or surreality. Yeah. So <laughs> there's also Artie, the strongest yeah. man in the yeah. world. That guy, that guy is great too. He's a fucking ham. Like at, at the, at the <laughs> yeah. show, like that guy, uh, and Toby Huss, um, and he's in all kinds of stuff. He's a oh, yeah. on the hill and he's on uh carnival. Yeah. Um, he's a huge ham. Yeah. Like, no, he he's... was, he was so happy to be at this thing. Like he's he great. Like, uh, yeah. like him as cotton Hill, like just yeah. for fucking real. They found him. He was a uh, uh, like a performance artist who was doing an adult version of Artie, the strongest man in the world. Oh, like Pee Wee. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a lot, a lot like Pee Wee. Um, except like he didn't have a name, but it was the same character. And the story was he had escaped from a mental institution, <laughs> and that's how they found him. And they just went up to him and were like, "Would you like to be on a kids show?" And he's like, "Yep." <laughs> um, and then like that's how Artie came about. Buy like, me a train ticket. <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, and then like, he was just like, always like super, you know, they were talking about how he's like constantly making the crew laugh with like real dirty shit. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, he's kind of a weirdo pervert, um, in real life, but yeah. on the show, he's so fucking perfect. <laughs> yeah. How does that show good? Oh man. You're going to make me come back and do another watch. Yeah. It's, it, well, it's like real good before like bedtime. Like, you know, it's like, you're talking about a positive thing before bed. Like, mm-hmm. you know, that makes me feel good that 
that greatness can be achieved yeah. in the world. Like, yeah. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Um, so we can come back. I forget where we went. We're <laughs> rotating platforms. Uh, oh, platforms. <laughs> I was typing these notes up in a hurry. No, no, I know. I'm just, yeah. I bought I, my, I, I don't begrudge anyone a misspelling. Like I'm just, I like the idea of a platform. <laughs> I bought my new, uh, my, my new notebook. It is, uh, nine, the, the pages are nine inch by 13 inch. Mm. Yeah. It's gigantic. Yeah. Non-standard sizes for some I, reason. <laughs> I know. Right. And yeah, it's graph made, paper. So, yeah. <laughs> yes. Mm, yeah. Uh, platforms, plateau. Oh, it sounds, it sounds like, it sounds like, it a sounds Psy- like a Pokemon. It sounds like Psyduck. Psyduck. Or, or like it just like, you know, this, like you'd be landing on a planet in Starflight and it's like as a 98% platforms ah, as yes. a bio reading. Mm, okay. Yeah. You know. There we go. Yeah. So, so Medusa's. Oh, Medusa. Okay. There we go. Mark her out. Okay. Bring us in. Whip fast. Cool. It'll be, uh, it'll be fun. I went to, uh, she had an internet friend, um, and two weeks ago mm-hmm. I went to a Chuck E. Cheese <laughs> with her internet friend, which like. I I thought that you had to have a kid with you to go into a no e. no you do not yeah I, well, I was pretty sure like that that was a rule but it's not as as you know because <laughs> you're very quick to point out <laughs> like, no they just let you in <laughs> um, the, the, you know sometimes when I go home Chris and I get bored. That's that's awesome. You guys go to Chuck E. Cheese? <laughs> yeah, there's one in our mall. The mall I used to work at. That's so. that's rad, man. The uh, Chuck E. Cheese is cool. The um, <laughs> I was pretty into it, like good, fun, fun skill games. And then uh, I don't know if this was true of your Chuck E. Cheese, but like it, there were attempts to modernize it from when I was young and uh, they, but they were still stuck in like 1998. <laughs> so there's all these like, like fakey, like spoof posters that are like X-Files and, uh, you know, start like Star Trek Next Generation graphics and stuff like that. <laughs> so it was like kind of updated. And then the way they don't have the band anymore, they just have like Chuck E. Cheese. Is that how it was with you? Uh, yours or do they have the band? I think our, I think our, our, ours has the band that see this one had a video screen that showed me- other members of the band, but then Chuck E. Cheese would <laughs> just <a> satellite. Sound- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like they, they're just Skyping it in the, um, but the Chuck E. Cheese would just stand there and he did this, like he's kind of slunched over. He had like really terrible posture and then he just kind of like pivoted back and forth and every once in a while would like, so put your, your hands in front of you, palms down. And then flip them both palms up like that, huh? Motion. And he just <laughs> kept doing that. Like you turn around, like turn to the right, turn to the left, go, huh? Turn to the left, like while singing Can't Touch This. <laughs> like it was wonderful. You're making him sound like Tom Waits. It was, it was probably not on, on Tom Waits. Well. <laughs> we, uh, one of, uh, we went up on the stage with him. Um, and, and like one of them went behind him and I really wanted like a pair of eyes to open on the back of his head. Oh. <laughs> like whenever someone got back there, just to scare the shit out of the kids. <laughs> That's what um, I can't think of a more surefire way to get tased than yeah. <laughs> to climb up on the stage with Chuck E. Cheese. No, no. Chuck E. Cheese. Like the, this is a very poorly managed – like the Beaverton Chuck E. Cheese is not mm. – you know, <laughs> they did not run a tight ship. <laughs> uh, yeah. We like – it was funny. Like multiple people came, brought Purell. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. No, yeah, that's it was just like everyone was just very uh very germaphobic. It's um, been like, like almost assured that you're gonna get something. Yeah. yeah. So the uh and then uh I discovered a new way to play ski ball, which is real fun. Because like formerly I would just play ski ball and just kinda go for points. Climb up the ramp. 
No, no, no. Not, not that one because it's it's not that. I mean, this was an unwell regulated Chuck E. Cheese, but not that poorly regulated. <laughs> but we were we were all playing uh, ten thousand or nothing. So you just go for the corner shots. Oh yeah, it ends up averaging out about the same. Right. You know, and uh, it's really satisfying to get them. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. So ten thousand or nothing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I can I can assure you um, that uh, they even take college transcripts for the good grades for tokens. Oh yeah. Yep. Huh. Mm-hmm. That's 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 funny too. It is really really funny. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> yeah, no, you you get all A's, you get a fuckload of tokens. I imagine so. Yeah, yeah. I I, I get all A's. Yeah. I should take advantage of that. Do it. I mean, okay, so this may not be entirely true today. I'm not sure. You know, your <laughs> mileage may vary. They may have just taken pity on me. However, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Look at this 27 year old coming here with a full beard, asking <laughs> for tokens for his report card. Um, I also think it has to be current. So if yeah, I went in just kind of like you, know, yeah, you can just bring I, in your high school. I got an A in documentary class. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, no, Chris and I would go there and play ski ball in the basketball game. Yeah. That stuff's fun, man. Yeah. It's going to be fun to record about that stuff. Yes, it is. Um, mm-hmm. um, I, when I was a, a lad, we had uh showbiz pizza. Those are the ones I went to. I was there pre Chuck E. Cheese. Oh, that's a uh, rocket fire explosion and stuff. Showbiz pizza sounds horrifying. <laughs> it's great. Uh, yeah. the, uh, it's, it's just Chuck E. Cheese, but without like a centralized mascot. Like no, uh, okay. it had, it had the, whole, the band was the mascot. Did you ever watch that documentary? No, no. Oh, it, it, it's must watch, dude. Um, it's often on Netflix, but if it's not on uh, Netflix, it's on um, YouTube. And it's called the Rock of Fire Explosion, and that was the name of the band, mm-hmm. like the Showbiz Pizza Band. And it's fascinating. Like it's like this. It's brought about because this guy has been buying collections. Of like rock of fire sets, and then he like reprograms them to play current hits, which is which is awesome. And you can find a bunch of videos of that online, which is really great. And then uh, it has this interview with like the guy who kind of started the company and started making the puppets, and he tours one of the old factories. Okay. And it just it's really like it's really sad, like just this kind of guy, you know. And he's like they blew up, and there's some point where they're making like ten sets a week, and then the the bubble just collapsed mm-hmm. on on Chuck E. Cheese's. You know, like part of it was Chuck E. Cheese buying it. And like there's kind of this controversy about what happened and some underhanded business practices. And this guy's just kind of, you know, uh, barely struggling and hanging on to his dreams of creating these like animatronic bands. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's really good. Huh. Like it, it is a great documentary. No, I just said so. So what is that? The Rock of Fire Explosions, you said? Yeah, the Rock of Fire yeah. Explosion. Yeah. It's the, the name of the, the band and the name of the um, the documentary. Okay. The guy who makes them in his in his spare time is this weird, like eccentric hillbilly too. Like he sets them up in sheds and trailers and stuff. Does he have like secret uh, secret concerts like out in the middle of the woods? He does. He like he invites like <laughs> people, like kids, like neighborhood kids, to come watch these like shows he like puts together. Oh my gosh, that's the guy's an American hero. Like, like it, that, that's the beginning of like some kind of like Law and Order episode. <laughs> it's it's too it's too innocent for that. Okay. There's there's nothing creepy about okay. about this guy. Like he's there's he's nothing a real... creepy about animatronic bands. <laughs> yeah, there's nothing creepy about animatronic animals, Cole. <laughs> <laughs> there's plenty that's creepy about them, but like when you get them to start playing like it's getting hot in here, then it, it, it takes away some of their power. It does. <laughs> you know? You just say their names. Yeah, exactly. They're like candy mans. Oh no. Have you seen the redesign of Chuck E. Cheese? 
Yeah, he's a real twerp. <laughs> <laughs> he's wearing like skinny jeans. Yep. And he's got the, Mickey uh, Mouse ears. There was an oh, app. No. I couldn't get the my uh, my 3G to work well enough, but there was an app where you can look at something and it projects like a little cartoon like computer graphic. Chuck e. Oh, it does like an ARG kind of thing? Or yeah. Augmented I was reality? trying to download it, but that, they had that. They were advertising that at the Chuck E. Cheese. I was going to have them dance on all this pizza. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, oh, man. I couldn't get to work. And then uh, I, I, I didn't – I mean I, I knew this, but I always forget it until I see it. Nolan Bushnell, the founder of Atari, founded Chuck E. Cheese. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Huh. Yeah, they talk about that in that movie. What a world. Yeah. It's a very cool, uh, you know, big part of my childhood. Like that was just the best thing that could happen. Yeah. You know, like if you're young, it's like, hey, let's go to Chuck E. Cheese. Like, oh god, yeah, fuck, yeah. <laughs> you know, it, was, it was amazing. Yeah. My, you know, I, I always, I always felt a little bad when that, when the Chuck E. Cheese went into our, our, our mall. Just thinking, like, oh my gosh, if we lived, if we lived within twenty minutes of a Chuck E. Cheese, just mm. it, it was like game over for for yeah. my parents, for my family, for everything. Yeah, game game over parents game on coal. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Yeah. 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 Maybe hmm. worth it. The um Yeah. It, it's a wonderful place. Yep. Portland is surprisingly rich in in family fun centers and Chuck E. Cheese's. Like, there's little <laughs> independent things, there's bigger ones, like there's a lot of that stuff out here. They have great. it's there there's one in every Starbucks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which also features his own miniature coffee shop. Hey. Inside it. <laughs> Inception. <laughs> it's like it's like Synecdoche, New York. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh man! And then at the very center is a very sad, sad man. Yep, Nolan Bushnell. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all of his dreams crumble. Oh well, it's okay. It's all right, Nolan. <laughs> che- yeah. Cheer up, buddy. Cheer up, Nolan. Don't litigate you down. <laughs> Don't litigate huh? you down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's not what I meant to say, but it works. It does. Swift fast, 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 swift fast.